Hello, Penguins fans. Welcome back to another episode for this podcast. We finally have some news to discuss. Stanton Heinen is officially back for the Penguins, a one-year, $1 million contract. I'm going to get into all of my thoughts on that signing, get into his numbers from last year, where I think he's best fit going into next year for the team. And what this means going forward is, like, again, I do not think the Penguins are done. And a little later, we're going to get to the, uh, my top 10 Penguin prospects in their system. I know people have already tweeted at the podcast account that, wow, they actually have 10 prospects. And yeah, but believe it or not, they you know they somehow do, even after winning three Stanley Cups in the Sydney Crosby era. But I'm going to go into what my top 10 look like, you know, who could rise, maybe who could fall um, throughout the next year or two, and, you know, who could potentially um, make a big impact, or I shouldn't say big impact, but, but make a decent impact at the NHL level. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguin Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hody. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes, you can also follow the show's Twitter, at Eleanor Store Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So going into today, I was like, all right, you know, got my top 10 prospects. I'm going to spread it out over three segments. You know, just get a little to that. Maybe do like three to four per segment. And then a few hours ago, the Penguins, you know, released a press release saying they have re-signed Danton Heinen to a one-year deal worth $1 million. And yes, that is correct. In case this is the first time you're hearing this, he is only going to be making $1 million next year after he scored 18 goals. This is a 100K decrease in pay to come back on a massive discount to play for the Penguins as they chase their fourth Stanley Cup. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the Sydney Crosby era, something is wrong with my voice. I don't really understand what, but <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I've just been speaking too much. I, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, uh, but, you know, to start out, this is a great deal for the Penguins. I mean, I have absolutely no complaints about this. It does make the Kasperi Kapan re-signing oh, feel a little weird because he's making 3.2 for just existing last year, yet Heinen, who scored almost 20 goals, is taking a pay cut to come back. Just a little weird with that, but you know, Heinen is a great bottom six player. You know, I believe of his 18 goals, 15 of them were at 5v5. Um, you know, he was he was always just, you know, whether it was on Malkin's line, whether it was on the third line with Carter, he's not he sometimes way on the fourth line. Um, he was always making an impact on the ice. He has a beautiful release. Sure, he goes a little bit streaky, he'll kind of I guess upset some people when he's not finishing chances that he should about nine out of 10 times. There are a couple times last year where um, he missed some wide open. That's easily could have had 20 um, if those were to went in, but you know, you don't score 18 goals in the league by accident. Um, and you know, the, 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 this is, this is a very good bottom six winger. Um, you know, you look at hockey, Viz stuff with Micah Blake McCurdy, um, his isolated impact as of this year, you know, Plus 0.2 expected goals for per 60, a whole blob of red right in front of the net. That means he's getting to the high danger areas, a whole blob of red right above the left, the far left circle. That's also a very good area to shoot from. He, his shot, again, is very good. So plus 8% in, in terms of that, but in the even strike defense, basically not a lot of red 
in the defensive zone. You know, there's a whole swab of blue right in the front of the net, which means, you know, he's giving up less expected goals against per 60 um, than, you know, than, you know, compared to, I guess, you know, players that, you know, are bottom six wingers, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I, I made it sound confusing, but he's giving up less chances in those areas compared to the competition. Only little red areas are right around um, the blue line. So, you know, this is a flat out steal for the Penguins. He, he he should not be making $1 million after what he did this past season. I know Josh Yoey said of The Athletic that he was looking to getting $3 million in arbitration. Um, I, I guess no one was really offering him that, um, though there was a report from Danny Shirey, uh, if I can find the tweet here, said a source told him that Heinen's decision to return to the Penguins came down to taking money out of the picture. He says there are better offers out there, but Heinen felt strongly about staying with the Penguins and winning a Stanley Cup. So that I think is what you're really seeing with a lot of Ron Hextall signings this year. You know, you can also even make this argument for Latang and Malkin, right? You know, Latang, is he worth six million right now? Heck no. He's probably worth 7.5 Dave. He should have gotten a raise on that contract, but he sacrificed dollars to get more term Evgeny Malkin. You know, is he worth 6 million? You know, pretty decent argument, but I, I would probably argue that he's worth a little bit more than that considering what he did last year. But, you know, he took a heck of a discount to help the team and only 12.2 million. Brian Rust, you know, <clears throat> he also, he's making what? 5.1 million. This is a player that easily probably could have gotten six to 6.5 on the open market, even though the flat cap is affecting the UFA market right now. But I think he easily would have been um, a day one UFA signing. I didn't even think he was going to come back at this point anyway. But, you know, you have these players that, that they're taking these discounts to come back and help the Penguins, you know, try to chase that one more championship for the City Crosby era, era excuse me. That is massive. Um, and the bottom six, um, I feel a lot better about it right now than I did. What time is it right now? 8.30, I'm recording this. I feel a heck of a lot better right now than I did four, five, six hours ago. That's for sure. You know, we, we can do a little mini lineup right here. Say you got Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Brian Rust, Jason Zucker, Guinea Malkin, Ricard Raquel. Then on the third line, you can maybe have Dan Heinen, Jeff Carter, Christopher Kapanen. I guess that's what they're going to go for right now and then the fourth line you know ryan paling brock mcgain teddy bluger I, I think that's probably what we're looking at in terms of what the four group will look like right now now july 27th so long ways to go but you know that's those are the lines that i think um will be in play when if if training camp opens with these 12 forwards um i do not think josh archibald or anyone else that they signed um to those two-way deals <clears throat> Um, should have a place on this team, though. You know, Drew O'Connor is going to be competing for that last spot. Redeem Zahorna, um, you know, and, and including Archibald, even though I don't think he should be on the team. But um, that's just that's all, again, that's from a purely hockey standpoint. Um, he is going to compete though for that spot. So you're basically going to have four to five players competing for that last spot. I do think Ryan Paling, um, just because you know he's a former first round pick, GMs love to take chances on those kind of players. You know, I think at least right now he's going to win that battle. But you know, but when you look at that bottom six, is it great? No. Is it good? Yeah, maybe not. Is it is it passable? Yes. That is how much of a difference Dan Heine makes. I said a couple of weeks ago the Penguins have yet to replace 38 to 40 goals. Now you get 18 of those back. 
still have maybe have to replace 10 to 15, maybe upwards of 20 more. Rodriguez is still out there. Maybe you have a shot of bringing him back, but I think right now he probably wants more term and dollar, more term and dollars, excuse me. But you know, this is a giant W, as the kids like to say, for general manager Ron Hextall. You know, it's been, I'd say he said more W's than L's this offseason, but you know, Kapanen definitely put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. This one, though, just a great deal. Someone who you can rely on to score for you at 5v5. Good playmaker, good in, in his defensive zone, can play on the top six at times with the Guinea Malkin, can play on the third line with Jeff Carter. Um, you can honestly put him anywhere in the lineup and he will make a difference. So um, I honestly really was not expecting him back at this point. So um, some very good news with regards to that for the Penguins. And they are going to be better off with regards to Heinen playing on the team next year. That's for sure. Um, you know, what this means going forward, you know, I still think there's a trade to be made. They have nine defensemen um, going into the season. Now, I want to pull up something here that um, I saw. I'm trying to find out. Um, this. Yeah, like this is from a, one of the Penguins reporters. Um, and this kind of also sums up how, you know, I, I've been feeling too. And, you know, again, I do think Hextall intends to move a salary before the season, but you know, even though they're over the cap right now, but I believe it's, I think uh, Puckpedia had it as about 870 K upwards of a million. They can get rid of that by just sending a couple people down. I wouldn't want them to send down Ty Smith, but they could do that. Send Drew O'Connor down, wave somebody like Archibald or Paling if they had to. And you know they would be cap compliant, 12 forwards, eight defensemen and two goalies. And that also includes them moving um, out a defenseman to get there. Um, of course, again, that's probably not what they would want to do, but I don't think they're just back. They've backed themselves into a corner here. They can send a couple of players down that will clear them of their cap problems and they can go into the season, you know, under the cap, whether that's with eight or nine defensemen. Again, um, I do think there is at least one more move to, to be had here. I think a defenseman's going to go. I think a forward is going to come back. That's just that's my current thinking. Um, what you're seeing right now, I don't think is going to be the final roster going into camp. And finally, remember what Ron Hextall said a couple weeks ago? And I, I, I like the depth going into this season. If I were to do this right now, you know, I'd be, I'd be pretty thrilled about it. He's not going to tip his hand. See this. Dan Hyden, one year times one million. He wanted to bring him back. He knew probably that the forward group was not that good. He's just, you know, not putting it out there to the media like Jim Rutherford did. And he went out and made the forward group a bit deeper. And, you know, again, I don't think the work is done. I think they need to go out and get another forward, hopefully someone in the top six. That could bump someone like Jason Zucker down. That would be awesome. Um, or if you want, you can go get another top nine winger, put him on the third line, and then keep Zucker up there. Who knows? But, you know, this, this move makes the Penguins a better, deeper team heading into the 2022-23 season. Big A-plus in my book for Ron Hextall. So that wraps up this segment of the podcast. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to start getting into my top 10 prospects in the Penguin system. And then the third segment, I'll finish that off for you all. But before I get to that, let me get this right here. BetOnline.net is the fastest, easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news from every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, etc. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. 
You can head to Bet Online today or use your phone to learn more about the transaction. Baz Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. So let us get in to the top 10 prospects um, in the Penguin system. Note, I'm not going to count Drew O'Connor, Redeem Zahorna, or um, Alex Nylander, and I'm also not going to count POJ either because he's on a one-way deal. Um, he's probably going to be on the team this year. Uh, if he, maybe a little surprised if he got sent down, but I, I think he is going to be on the team um, in some capacity. But coming in at number one, this should be no surprise to anyone, Owen Pickering. It's not even close. The skating that he has, you know, the way he moves the puck up the ice, um, but there's no other defenseman in the system that can do what he does. And from a pure talent standpoint, um, he has a lot more talent than any prospect in the system. You know, you, you look at hockey prospecting and, you know, the star probabilities, uh, you know, it's a little low for that, but, you know, for NHL probabilities, it's, you know, a little over 50%. A couple comps there like SL and Dale, you know, Carlo Koliakovo, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, this is a player, he's definitely, he's a little bit raw in some areas, not as good offensively, but, you know, you can start, you're starting to see if you watch some of the video that he's involving himself more in the, in the offensive zone. He's activating himself below the goal line, which is something that, you know, only really a few defensemen on this team do at this point. You know, he's not going to be ready, I would say, for three to four to five years at this point. But, you know, he has the potential, you know, to be a top four defender on this team. You know, he has skills that you can't teach, especially with that reach that he has. You know, the skating is just so crisp. You know, defending very strong in, in his own zone. Um, and also has a nice shot too. So, you know, if he can work a little more on his offensive game, I think he's going to be even better. Um, so I do think, he, you know, a little more time for him to be polished up, but I do think he is by far the number one prospect um, in this system. Number two, I would probably put Philip Hollander. It may sound a bit weird because Valtteri Poussin is there, Sam Poulin, a couple others, but, you know, Hollander does have, a, you know, a good amount of talent. And, I know his stats in Wilkes-Barre last year were not the greatest. 14 goals, 28 points in 61 games. Played a few games, you know, at the NHL level. I think it was only a couple. But, you know, I, 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 I'm I still very high um, on this player. You know, you, 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 look, you, you, look at the, you look at the data for him, and, you know, he still has around a 60% chance of being a full-time NHLer in his career. A couple comps for him, you know, include, you know, Michael Dow Cole, you know, Nick Pitt, Doug Waite, Mika Zibanejad, you know, Evgeny Kuznetsov, even for the star probabilities. I don't think he's going to be that good, but, you know, they're, you know, he's a good center, has a good shot, fast skater, good playmaker. You know, he has all the tools that you would want to be a good center in the league. It's just, you know, his his full offensive game hasn't come out yet, at least down in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, I'm hoping to see him improve his numbers a little bit next year. Um, but I do think in terms of raw talent, um, he is their number two prospect, um, you know, in, in my opinion. I think after that, Sam Poulin, he was a bit lower on my list. If you were to ask me last year, he would probably have been down to like five or six. But he had a really nice ending um, to his season in Wilkes-Barre. Finished with 16 goals, 37 points in 72 games. Was, you know, second on the team in scoring outside of Nylander 
and Valtteri Pustinen. Um, of course, they they tied for the uh, team league in points, but. You know, everyone's been wondering, you know, where is Sam Poulin? You know, when is he going to come up to be in NHL? Or, you know, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be a star in this league. You know, has, you know, I think the odds right now, when you look at hockey prospecting, about 40% chance that he, he makes it. But, you know, there's, you know, a couple decent comps in here. Michael Bunting, you know, Brett Ritchie. There's also Bo Bennett in here. But, you know, I think that's, that's just because he got hurt way too often. But, you know, Brett Ritchie and Michael Bunting, you know, especially Bunting, you know, he's, he, he was, a, he's been a pretty solid player, you know, up in Toronto for the, the, those last couple of years. So, you know, I think there's still a little bit of time for him. Um, again, I was a lot more sour on him, you know, this time last year going into this past season than I am now, but, you know, he's able to really rebound, get some of his game back, stayed a lot more healthier, um, and I think he had a pretty good season down books right now. If he's able to, you know, do have like a nice red hot start to next season, would not be surprised if he's one of the first call-ups. Um, I know he hasn't really made his NHL debut yet, um, but I think, you know, that I think that's going to be coming uh, sooner rather than later. Number four, I have Tristan Braz, um, you know, someone who, you know, decent goal scorer. You know, he, he was picked, remember, Last year in the second round, this was um, Hextall. Well, I think this was actually Hextall's first pick. Um, and, you know, he, he's still, you know, a, a ways away, to be honest. But, you know, there's some good comps for him, too. Like Mason Appleton, Matt Molson. He was a really good player back in the day. Andre Pallott. Um, You know, he hasn't gotten to Wilkes-Barre yet. He's still in his junior league. But you know, this is a player that, you know, I think can really open up some eyeballs this year. He was definitely a project. Uh, a little more of a project, I should say, when he was taken. But, you know, I think he's someone that, you know, maybe three to four years down the line, if, if the development keeps going strong and he has some good couple years in Wilkes-Barre once he's um, able to come up, um, I, I, I do think that, you know, he, he can potentially, you know, make the team um, at some point. Um, after that, you know, I guess I would say Joel Blumquist. Um, you know, he's a pretty d decent goal. I mean, he he's a fine goal. You know, I remember when they traded um, the other goaltender um, in the trade uh, for Ricard Raquel. And, of course, his name is just um, escaping me right now for whatever reason. Um, I'm just going to oh, – jeez. Uh, Penguins trade. The fact that I don't even know that off the top of my head just it goes to show how embarrassing this is. Um, yeah, Callie Clang. I, I knew it started with a C, but – that's just embarrassing. I apologize for that. So, you know, they're kind of a wash if you ask me, but you know, Blumquist, he had a pretty decent year um, in junior last year. I don't know if he'll ever make the NHL, but you know, in terms of the Penguins prospects, I would probably put him um, at number five. And he, there's some full comps for him, you know, Cam Ward, Corey Crawford, Jake Allen, um, you know, maybe he turns into one of those. Maybe he doesn't, but um, you know, pretty decent year in junior last year. And I think, you know, if he keeps growing, you know, we'll have to see, you know, he comes up to, you know, Wheeling, you know, Wilkes-Barre and all that stuff. So that is the first half of my prospect rankings. Um, let me know what you all think in the comments. You know, did you like them? Did you not? Um, I'll be doing the second half coming up right after this commercial break. All right. I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at um Hello, underscore penguins. So after that, I would have Zamplant. And, you know, he is 
No, th- th- this is someone who, you know, a very strong goal scorer. Um, remember, you know, he 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 models his game after Jake Gensel. He has a wonderful, and I mean a wonderful shot. Um, and you know, just look up the clips on YouTube. The way he's able to find like the, the softest parts in the offensive zone and just rips the puck past the goaltender. You know, it's stuff you can't teach. And you know, I, I wouldn't have him a little higher, but you know, I, I want to see how he does next year in junior league. But you know, I think he he has a very strong potential here um, to be you know a, an impact player in the NHL. You know, fifty seventh percentile to be an NHLer according to Hockey Prospecting. A couple good comps in there, like you know, Andrew Cogliano, Jordan Everly, Brett Connolly. Um, you know, th- this is a player who um, I, I am very bullish on. That's for sure. After that, I would have Valtteri Pustin in at number seven. You know, last year, 20 goals, 42 points um, in 73 games. Um, and yes, I, I, he's, I don't have him in the no longer counts category because he really hasn't played in the NHL. He's only played one game at this point. But, you know, his hockey sense seems to be off the charts. Good, responsible player in his own end. Good offensive player, too. Um, I also think he's going to be one of their top call-ups this season if he does not make the team out of camp. A lot of people are, are waiting to see um, him get an actual sample size on the team. I know there's you know a big log jam right now for him to pass some of these players. But I do think, you know, again, I've said this a few times throughout the offseason of you know, of all the guys in Wilkesbury that have a chance to um, come up this season, I think outside of O'Connor and Zahorna, who are no longer prospects, um, I would have Pustinen right up there, um, in my opinion. After that, I would have Philip Lindbergh. Everyone thought, you know, that he was going to challenge. You know, I think Casey does. I shouldn't say everyone. I think some people thought that he was going to challenge the backup spot last season for Casey Smith because he had great numbers um, in the NCAA. But, you know, so this season, Wilkesbury was playing fine, but he just battled so many injury problems. You know, I'm hoping that he can, you know, rebound this year and not be banged up because, you know, if he can, you know, have some good numbers down there, you know, there's the chance in the future that he could be up on the Penguins. Um, but right now I have him a little further down on my top 10 list. I just, I want to see what he can do um, when he is healthy, at least. Um, coming up at, at number nine, you know, Nathan Legere, um just has not, you know, people for a time, you know, they had him, you know, higher than Sam Poulin, but, you know, he has, I hate to say he just has not lived up to the expectations yet um, of being um, one of their top prospects. I'm trying to find his yeah, stats here in Wilkesbury. You know, 57 games last season, seven goals, 16 points. You look at his hockey prospecting chart and, you know, the full comps there. I mean, you know, Jason Ward, Phil G. Giuseppe, Ryan Hartman, Max Jones, just a couple others like Nick Spalling, you know, just not good enough for him yet, you know. 2019 third round pick under Jim Rutherford. Um, you know, p- people have always said, you know, you can put him in a trade and get a top winger. You know, again, I don't really know what team is taking him um, at this point. You know, he just, he, he has not worked out yet with the Penguins. You know, maybe he figures out this year, like Sam Poulin did a little later on towards last year. But right now, just everything in his game um, is it, just, it, it's not, you know, the greatest right now. And then finally at number 10, um, Lucas um, Shevkovsky, um, you know, he, he improved a little bit, you know, this past year, 2024 round pick 
under Jim Rutherford, his numbers, you know, aren't super terrible. You know, a couple good comps in there, like, you know, Matthew Joseph, you know, Brian Bickle, Chris, Wa- Chris, Wa- Chris Wagner, excuse me, but, you know, he's kind of just a fourth liner. Um, I'm not really sure if he's ever going to make um, the NHL, but, you know, I have him at the top 10 kind of just because I have to. At this point, after that, you know, you kind of start looking um, for other prospects and, you know, there's, there, there, there's really not much there, though. You know, the goalie they did take, on um, the issues NHL draft, um, you know, he he had some very good stats, and I think he could potentially, you know, you know, upsurf Blumquist as being uh, the best goaltending prospect on the team. You know, his, his projection right now is looking pretty good. It's actually looking a bit better than Blumquist, but you know, until we see um, him put up those numbers again for the next year or two, um, as a member, well, uh, you know. As a member of the Penguins, even though he's not on the team, he's playing with his junior league and all that, um, I, I'm going to be, I guess, a little bit more skeptical, to say the least. So that wraps up today's show. When I look at the top 10 Penguins prospects, let me know what you all think. Do you all agree with my list? Who should be higher? Who should be lower? Let me know in the comments or YouTube. Send me a DM on social media, all that stuff. So again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I really you know, just enjoy everyone listening to the show, even though we're down to three days a week at this point. I'll be back with another episode on Friday. We'll have plenty more to discuss. We're getting closer to August. You know, things will probably go a little more dormant just because that's how it is. The dog days of summer right around the corner. But after that, training camp is in a couple weeks when September starts. And, you know, we'll be back to five a week. And I know the season will be coming up before you all know it. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back with another show on Friday.